3: to the Roto-Wire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Big shout-out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate the song Lion Kings that we're using this season. And this is one of our final prospect podcasts of the season, James. Just two more. Really one of the final prospect pods of the year, but we will be doing one after our trip to Arizona for first pitch in the fall league. And I imagine we'll probably check in Maybe one or two other times late in the year
2: yeah it's it's exciting to kind of be winding down here. I know i mean i I love doing the the pod all year all year long, but I mean we're the the m l the minor league season's over, and we got a lot of magazine work to do. I got a lot of off season list making stuff to do, so uh you know excited to kind of take a break for a bit, but I think these last two pods. Before we go to the AFL are gonna be uh, pretty good. I think it's it's gonna be fun and, and obviously we're gonna to get to our, our top two hip hop albums of all time.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And we're gonna be doing something a little bit different during the prospect portion of the show today. You and I are gonna be going back and forth doing a pitcher draft. Next week we'll do hitters. We'll each take ten, going, you know, snake draft, you picking first. And then actually at the well at the end of next season, we'll go back and calculate all of the the statistics and determine our, our standing relative to one another. And we are replacing saves with innings in the traditional five by five, so it'll be innings, wins, strikeouts, ERA, and WHIP.
2: Yeah, it's you know I, I'll go first this week on the pitcher side. You'll go first next week on the hitter side. I wanted to save the hitters for next week just so that guys like. Reese Hoskins can exhaust their prospect status because there 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 are certain hitters who are who are really close to getting over 130 at bats and don't want to include them. But on the pitching side, I mean, it's should be fun. I mean, I I, I kind of put together a little list of guys that i'm going to be choosing from and i mean there's a just a ton of guys that you know are going to be up at some point and it's just kind of comes down to how good do you think they're going to be when they're up how many innings are they going to get i mean there's there's a lot of guys to choose from on the pitching side
3: yeah absolutely but before we get to that final stretch run i mean the pickings are slim in fantasy leagues right now we've talked about most of the call-ups but anybody you think you, you've spotted lately you know, aside from the obvious guys like Luke Weaver that could at least help fantasy owners down the stretch. On the pitching side? Well, uh, either I mean, way.
2: I don't know. It's Everyone's kind of got who they've got at this point. I I like Andy Diaz. I like what he's doing in, in Cleveland, but uh, it sounds like Kipnis is going to be back fairly soon, so those every day at-bats for him might be coming to a close.
3: Although Kipnis may play some center. Which will eat into Greg Allen's opportunities.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's – yeah, there's just – it's. I was looking at our waiver wire in, in Stake League today, and it's just – there's nothing out there, really. It's I mean, abysmal. Yeah, I, I think you, you've pretty much got what you've
3: got at this point and going to have to hope to stay healthy. Yeah, I went and, you know, did the player search for Chad Green. Of course, he was long gone in that league. Probably is in most leagues, but even if, like, a 12-team league – He's at least a guy you can plug in and get good strikeout numbers and ratios from.
2: Yeah, I, I will say one guy that I added in a in a head-to-head playoff, I'm in the the championship matchup this week, and it's a 12-teamer and it's points, so that's probably why this guy was available, but I picked up Tim Anderson uh, to plug into the middle infield spot. He's been red hot. He's closing out 2017 in, in – uh, really nice fashion probably under the radar for a lot of people if if you don't own him right now uh i think he, he had another two hits today he's a guy that you know i thought i was going to get a lot of shares of next year as a as a kind of uh, post-hype sleeper type of guy but the way he's finished in the year that price tag might actually uh, be a little bit higher than i thought
3: yeah still have concerns obviously about the the discipline the patience at the plate but yeah, what he's doing lately is really a far cry and in the right direction in terms of a turnaround from what he did earlier in the year. Yeah, you know, some of these guys who will probably be drafting here still out there in our stake league on the waiver wire, Walker Bueller, Luis Gohara, but man, especially with Gohara, just really rolling the dice with the ratios. But if you're kind of you know, you are lost hope in making up ground in the ratios, at least maybe those guys could, could help a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's that's the one nice thing about this time of year is you know exactly what you need. Like yeah. you know you need wins, you know you need strikeouts or saves or whatever. And unless you're just really, really close to somebody either above you or behind you, you can probably roll the dice to to a certain extent with the ratios.
3: Yeah, I may uh may drop Brent Honeywell this week. After, oh boy. Sure. <laughs> End of an air four months. <laughs> what a what a mind. You got on me. Well, yeah let's get into this let's dive right in because we do have those uh number two albums on our respective top tens to get to and that may be a a lengthy discussion so let's dive into this who's your your first pick and again this is only for 2018 right but who are you taking i'm taking alex reyes he is
2: still a prospect obviously hasn't pitched at all this year recovering from tommy john surgery but next year he's going to be fully recovered he'll have a, a nice long window between when he underwent the surgery I think he could offer sp2 level production on a per start basis not sure what the workload's going to look like because he only threw about 110 innings last season before suffering the injury but you know maybe he just maybe he only gets me like 100 innings and I I'd be totally fine with that because there's going to be, I think, easily a hundred strikeouts there if he if he gets to two hundred innings. Uh, you know, who knows about the wins, but this is a guy where I just don't see major risk, especially in ERA. Maybe maybe he puts up a one three WHIP or something like that. But I mean, we're we're talking about prospect pitching pitching prospects like these these are guys where talking
3: about prospects
2: a four era a one three whip i mean that's that's a nice that's a nice outcome uh for most of these guys so i'm really chasing the strikeouts here chasing the upside uh and i think reyes i guess maybe it's not a lock that he opens the year in the big league rotation but i think that he you know the the vast majority of his innings in 2018 are going to come in the big leagues
3: interesting do you know Kind of where he stands in his recovery right now. I haven't. Um, looks like uh, only as of last month throwing from 90 feet. Probably a return from the mound a little ways off still.
2: Yeah. I think that this is right right on track for, for everything to be good to go in the spring. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, obviously there are concerns with the guy coming off such a serious procedure, but you only have to look in that same organization. So you got Glance Lynn. He was further removed, but uh, really had a great year.
2: Yeah, there's, there's definitely risk with uh, him being a Tommy John guy. I mean, you're I don't think anybody else is going to get drafted in this thing who is going to be coming directly off of Tommy John. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that's proven all he has to prove in the minors, which is more than most of these guys can say. I mean, and he's a guy that's already had significant success in the big leagues. So uh, there is risk, but I also think that, Assuming he comes back healthy, I think the, the floor is still pretty high.
3: Well, this is a tough one for me because I am known to hold a grudge in fantasy. <laughs> tough pill to swallow, <laughs> and I am holding a grudge against more so the organization, but uh, I think I will go Brent Honeywell over Michael Kopeck. I I think Kopech's ceiling is higher, but I am more confident in Honeywell spending the full season or at least you know five plus months of the season in that starting rotation. The White Sox will be out of it from the get go. You don't know exactly when they'll give him the call. Even if Kopech is deserving of a spot in that starting rotation, so I'm going to go Honeywell. Team context favorable, and he's really uh, I mean Kopech's beating at the door too, but Honeywell's you know really <laughs> he kind of kicked that door in, but he never entered. Like he kicked the door in, but he's still out on the outside looking in. I don't think that's going to be the case, uh, next year, probably after, you know, mid April. So I'll go Honeywell just because I, I'm more confident in the innings totals. And I, I think the performance will be just fine. Even if it may be a notch below Kopex.
2: All right. I will go with Michael Kopeck <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, that was going to be a tough call. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to make that call, uh, you know, the White Sox are sort of the opposite of the Rays when it comes to how aggressive they are with promotion. So while Kopech really isn't even close to, to having the same type of resume that Honeywell does in the upper levels of the minors, I think the White Sox are really not going to waste much time getting him in that big league rotation. Obviously, they're you know, he's kind of, you know, at least for 2018, I think he, he sort of is a, a poor man's Alex Reyes in that, you know the strikeouts are going to be there, and you're not really sure what else is going to be there. You probably can expect a, a fairly high whip. You know, something in the the one three one three two range would be ideal. Maybe it's worse than that, Uh, but you you know the strikeouts are going to be there. You know that the White Sox, he'll I, I mean he'll be good enough where the White Sox aren't going to take him out of that role once they move him up. So I think the innings will be there too. Uh, and his stuff is just so nasty that i think he'll be fairly good at preventing runs he might not be super efficient with his pitches but uh you know there's there's a ton of upside here obviously i mean he could he's he's one of the guys that we're going to be taking that could end up being the best of of this crop of guys so i'll, I'll go cope
3: yeah number one pitcher on your top 400 uh what is it five spots ahead of of alex reyes so yeah I was tempted to and I really think that's the right approach for an organization even a rebuilding team that won't be competitive next year because so many only so many bullets in that arm and you know the the free agency even ARB eligibility is a ways down the road so see what he can do against big league pitching he needs somebody to eat innings anyway might as well get him that experience get him rolling I, I like that pick I'd just say too just not on the topic he's not prospect eligible anymore so we won't get drafted here but tyler glass now's yes uh, start yesterday so frustrating as an owner hey man, you're so bitter i really am it really <laughs> pisses me off when these umps you know really show up these young guys and, and squeeze them like crazy squeezing them not just on borderline calls but on pitches that are clearly in the zone just really kind of rubbing their face in it and showing showing the young kids who, who calls the shots
2: and that's especially frustrating when it's a guy like glass now where you know he needs to get when he throws a strike he needs that strike because <laughs> yeah. he can't
3: especially when it's know, right down the middle that's
2: his that's his one kind of achilles heel is is throwing enough strikes so
3: when he's getting squeezed it becomes really tough yeah i mean he wasn't particularly sharp anyway but he didn't get off to a good start and that may have thrown him off it was funny too because you know right after that that blown call the ump the ump throws Clint hurdle out from the dugout You know, Clint Hurdle was still in the dugout. He never left the dugout to come argue the call. Gets tossed. It was just clear that that ump had, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He's a star. he had his panties in a bunch. I don't know. Yeah, he's a a superstar. Getting that star treatment. Uh, I think I'll take Forrest Whitley. I'm taking your word for it. That'll be up next year. It does make sense. You know, only limited action at the AA level this year. But, look, every major league team needs, like, at least – nine starters of course injury issues in that rotation you know behind Verlander next year so I I think he will get a chance and really in the lead arm so maybe I don't get as many innings maybe that sets me back in that one category but I think he's really rock solid in the other four
2: yeah I like I like that pick a lot love Whitley uh that's he's he's kind of the most in of the guys we've taken I think he's the most interesting in terms of where do you take him in redrafts do you even take him are you willing to stash him or is he just a guy you kind of keep an eye on and, and scoop up uh you know after he gets a, a few quality starts under his belt uh that's a, that's a tough guy to, to value for next year but I, I like it i'll take uh walker bueller uh, with the dodgers you know pitching out of the bullpen right now the only the only real concern i have with him is you know that they have so much starting pitching depth in that organization they don't really have to force the issue with him as, in terms of getting him in that big league rotation although i think he will be one of their five best options sooner than later next year I, I don't know if he breaks camp in the rotation but i think i think he spends the bulk of the the second half of the season at least in the rotation they can they, they obviously are the the kings of manipulating the the 10-day dl and stuff like that too so that that'll probably cost him some starts where it won't won't affect these other guys maybe as much but uh yeah i think and bueller's fairly big league ready obviously has uh really nice stuff obviously uh maybe one of the best breaking balls of, of anyone that we'll talk about here he has a 96 ninety six ninety seven 96, 97 mile an hour fastball um i I don't see much downside with him, especially at this point. I think the strikeouts would be there. Uh, I still am a little worried about him being a, a more of an injury risk than some of these other guys just based on the fact that he did have that V low jump after Tommy John, but at this point I'm I'm fine taking Bueller.
3: Well, you got a couple more guys here that you project for twenty eighteen arrivals that are higher on your overall top four hundred, but I'm gonna go with AJ Puck. Really improved his stock this year, you know, sixty-four innings, about what a third of a season. If you're, if you're talking a full starter's workload under his belt at the double A level, and really, I'm chasing the strikeout upside here. Really good uh, swing and miss ability. Walks a bit of an issue, but I think on this team, Oakland, it's not like they're going to be competitive this year, and they, you know, they may want to play those games with service time and whatnot. But I think he'll probably warrant a call early because, man, you look at that staff and uh, pretty weak at the back end, really throughout. But I think at the back end, there's certainly holes that uh, in, in spots that Puck would represent a, an upgrade over. So I'll go Puck. He's 22 years old, and he's not like a guy like Colby Allard, who's only 20. Uh, not that that will be a huge difference, but I just think Puck is closer, and I think the team will reward him when the time is right. So I'll, I'll take A.J. Puck.
2: Yeah, he's. I mean, the the A's are another one of those organizations that are that are gonna push guys uh, quickly. I mean, if if Puck was in the Rays organization, uh, we we might not even see him next year. But uh, yeah, the, he'll he'll be up probably in the first half next year. I mean, remember what they did with Sean Maniah, I think yeah uh, last year he was a, a surprise call up in the first half, and I, I don't even I don't remember how many innings he had at at AAA. I want to say it was like thirty or something like that, though. So yeah, I think Puck will be up uh, in short order. All the guys we've taken so far are, you know, very high pedigree, you know, lauded for their their stuff, uh, household names. I'm going to take Brandon Woodruff uh, with the Brewers, who's more of a, you know, number four, you know, maybe number three if everything works out. But the thing about Woodruff is he's definitely going to open the year in that big league rotation. He's going to log innings. I don't really see... I don't see him being bad enough at any point where he gets bumped from that rotation. He might only end up being their number 4, their number 5, but at the very least he'll get me innings and wins and strikeouts. I think he's going to be serviceable in 15 team leagues as kind of a your your last starting pitcher in those those formats.
3: He's looked good at times this year. Yeah, he had it's that not... one start against the Nationals, Yeah. Home. Yeah.
2: And that start where before the game, Dusty Baker was asked if he, if he, if he knew anything about him and he was like, great. no, no, not, don't, not a clue.
3: Don't I have no idea what's coming for us today. Didn't even bother to talk <laughs> to the scouting team.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not wipeout stuff, but it, you know, he, he's, he throws a 95 with, with a little wiggle. Uh, it's. It's solid stuff. Um, it's it's kind of number four starter stuff, and he'll it, open the year in the rotation.
3: I'm a little surprised that you took Woodruff over a guy that I know you like and you've touted on the show in the past, and another guy who's you know didn't get his opportunity in the rotation this year. But I think will next year, assuming there are some departures in that rotation, maybe Masahiro Tanaka opts out and heads elsewhere. Who knows? But I think Chance Adams, you know, he's a little bit higher than Woodruff on your overall top. 400 only a few spots but i think adams is a guy that i'll reach down for a little bit uh, ways as you did for woodruff just to kind of guarantee those major league innings i think he's pretty safe bet even if the upside isn't as high as some of the other arms ahead of him
2: yeah i mean really the only difference between those two guys for me is uh you know i think I'm, i'm more confident in woodruff getting to you know 140 innings or so in the big leagues next year just because like Adam you know Adams hasn't been up I mean we don't know what he looks like against big league pitching at yeah. mean, there there's still some mystery there but yeah I mean he was he was next on my list uh all right this is where stuff gets a little hairy um I'm gonna take Colby Allard with the Braves uh a lot, lot of options just in that Braves organization uh with this pick but i think allard has the most upside you know logged 150 innings this year at Double tri- a at which is a huge hurdle for him because uh he's dealt with some back issues in the past that have that have limited his workload so getting to that benchmark this year i think really opens him up to go you know 171 180 next year between triple a and the majors and you know they they jumped him over high a to double a this year I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't long for triple a next year if he's if he's forcing the issue it might depend on them finding an opening for him I'm interested to see what their opening day rotation looks like but he'll be up for you know the entire second half I'd imagine as long as he stays healthy and not sure what it's going to look like but there's there's plenty of upside there he's he's one of the best lefties in the minors and uh just too much upside to pass up at this point
3: very, very interesting. I'm, oh, this is tough because I'm not so confident this guy is going to I – mean, I'm deciding between a couple guys, and the guy that I'm leaning toward, certainly not as safe a bet to see a good number of major league innings next year, but I think I will take Mitchell White oh, nice. over Jack Flaherty. Uh, I was considering, but you know Flaherty, you know, a little too much contact uh, the, that I like to see. Then I like to see with – Pitching prospects. Mitchell White, I think, is really good. Yeah, he was down at double-A. Only 28 innings at double-A. A lot of options in that that Detroit – or, I'm sorry, Detroit – Dodgers rotation. But they, like more so than any other team, really play the 10-day DL games, get a lot of guys rotated in. I think White gets his chance and probably fares pretty well, especially in his first go-around at the big league level. I just think he has good enough stuff to – You know, get by even if there are some ups and downs on the learning curve. I think Mitchell White maybe logs 10 starts or at least 10 appearances. Is that a little high for you? You know,
2: he's such a wild card because I think he is going to be big league ready in, you know, maybe end of May, middle of June, something like that. And it's just going to come down to can they find a spot for him? They just have such an embarrassment of riches in terms of starting pitching depth uh you know i think 12, i'd maybe set the un, over under at maybe 12 starts for him just cuz you know he is going to be ready and he's got a ton of upside you know i think he he's got you know high end number 3 starter upside and at a certain point he's probably going to look like one of their five best options along with with Walker Buehler
3: yeah if you consider some of the guys that have been in that rotation at points this year I mean, decent guys, but a lot of injuries. I mean, Brandon McCarthy, Hyunjin Ryu had a good run, but now he's kind of falling back apart. They're all just ticking time bombs yeah, exactly. on the health side. So, Yeah, I think White gets some opportunities. Yeah, I think I was thinking 10. You're setting that a little bit higher, which uh, makes me optimistic, actually. I thought you'd take the under on that. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe Mitchell White is a guy that I will stupidly draft with one of my final reserve picks next year and Dude, stash we, for months.
2: I, hey, man, we got a – we got to hold strong on this. In in twenty eighteen, no no stashing, uh, pitching prospect. I mean, we you know no stashing. Draw, draw the line. Just draw. We got to draw the line at like a guy like Bueller. I think you know. I, yeah. We can't be sitting here stashing guys like Allard or or Mitchell White. I mean, that's just a
3: recipe for disaster. Yeah, uh, thinking about oh, what <laughs> I could have done with that with that roster spot with Honeywell. Ugh. Kind of makes me sick a little bit. But I, I think you're right. You know, I may need a slap in the face and <laughs> need to be told that again next spring, but uh, please do so. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go, you know, our last
2: two picks, Allard and White, have been sort of quantity over quality picks, I think, where we're just we're not quite sure when they're going to get in the rotation, but sort of betting on high-quality innings when they do. I'm going to keep that train rolling with Mike Soroka, another brave – I actually had a better year than, than Colby Allard, you know, kind of depending on what you're, what you're looking at necessarily. But he's, you know, he's a guy that I, I got to see in person this year. I, th- I feel really good about him long-term as a, as a number three. He's just 20 years old, going to be heading to triple A. I mean, it's pretty rare for a guy his age to have the amount of success he had at double A and he skipped high A on, on the way there. I think that, he and Allard have kind of been neck and neck their their entire way up this this system, and really wouldn't be surprising to me if Soroka beat Allard to the bigs. It's it's probably going to come down to whichever guy is pitching better, maybe whichever guy's start lines up when they, when they do have an opening. So I expect both of those guys to be in that rotation for the entire second half, or at least until they they reach a, an innings limit. And I think that there's going to be you know there are obviously be some bumps with with all these pitching prospects, but I think there'll be. A fairly high floor, spec- especially when you factor in his age.
3: Well, guys, a real quick word from our sponsor. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to a brewer game here recently. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices, find amazing deals, and get you the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTOMLB today. That's promo code ROTOMLB, R-O-T-O-M-L-B, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase See it live with SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. I'm going to go back to the guy and kind of reverse the trend and, and take quantity over quality, although you never know. could The innings could be okay with Jack Flaherty. I do just worry, though, that, I don't know, I just am not sold on him being like a, even as a mid-rotation arm. I think he you know, probably is, but I think there are some risks with him. But if you look at this, Cardinals rotation. I mean Lance Lynn's a free agent after this year. Adam Wainwrights, toast, Michael Waka, maybe toast as well. I think Flaherty should have a, a spot pretty well secure. Um yeah, I just worry that there may be a little bit too much contact, but I know you're, you know, still inside your top ninety in terms of overall prospects. I'm just worried that long term he may just kind of be a middling fantasy option
2: yeah I definitely think that he's sort of in that Woodruff Chance Adams tier where you know they're they're basically at the big leagues and you're just not sure if it's if it's number three stuff or if it's number four stuff and you know so far with Flaherty it's it's kind of been mixed results in the big leagues but I'm with you on the innings though I mean that like you said I mean Wainwright Walker they'll probably get starts but yeah there it's not going to be not going to be major roadblocks for Flaherty
3: Weaver's though looking like an ace right now
2: yeah Weaver Weaver's pretty nice Uh, he's going to be an interesting guy for single season leagues next year I think that there's going to be an awful lot of hype uh you know who are the guys like that this year like Jarrell Cotton I mean he'll go higher and Jarrell Cotton was going in drafts this year I think uh Trying to think who else.
3: He might but, go like kind of like where Rysel Iglesias was like two years ago. Sure. Like yeah. When he first broke in as a starter. Like where when we get to the AFL, like we're talking about
2: Weaver as maybe like a guy going in the top the, 150 or something. Like yeah, like 160, 170, and then by the time we leave the AFL, it's it's clear like he's he's going inside that top 150.
3: <laughs> you better believe it. Uh, All right, so you're, you're ups, right? Yes. Do you know how many we've each drafted? I'm trying to think here. Hold on. The, So we're both at six? Okay.
2: All right, so four more apiece. All right, now we're just getting into guys where man You know, whatever. Let's go (laughs) go go Braves. I'm gonna take Luis Gohara. Uh dirty. Dirty
3: South.
2: You know, part of the reason that he was up this year is forty man related. They had to add him this off season. So I don't think they really saw much harm in bringing him up and just getting him acclimated. I'm not sure that he, that he opens the year next year in the big leagues. He he might head back to triple a, but theoretically, as long as he pitches, well, he'll be up before Soroka before Allard. Uh, Yeah, man, I, I'm not, I'm still not sure if he's a reliever or a starter long term. It could be just really nasty in either role. We, we he needs to throw strikes, obviously. Uh, Changeup could probably use a little bit of work, but he's got obviously got the innings for a starter. Uh, starter's role, big fastball from the left side, big breaking ball. There's definitely some upside, but it wouldn't it also wouldn't shock me if he ended 2018 with an ERA above five and a WHIP above one four. So this this
3: could this could hurt. Yeah, he looked you know the stuff looked really good in his first start but he was just all over the place, just didn't yeah. locate with consistency. And, man, that's, the big league hitters will make you pay if you don't do that. I'm going really quantity over quality here with Steven Gonsalves. Uh You know, he has had excellent numbers in the minors over the past two years. He's a lefty, but there are some injury concerns here, and the stuff just isn't electric. Really, the numbers took a step back significantly after the move up to Rochester. We'll see. I, I just think with this Twins team, again, look, I'm trying to win that innings category. So I'm going yeah. Gonsalves. Hey, hey. look. <laughs> but hey, Ks and wins count too. But who knows how many he'll get. I just think he's a decent arm. Not not special, but I do expect him, especially after he you know, was down all of this year. I thought maybe there was a chance he'd get a September call, but I'm confident he'll spend, you know, 4 months in in this twins rotation next year.
2: Yeah, when you when you stressed quantity over quality, I thought you were going with a different guy, but I mean, Gonsalves was uh he was second on my my board at that point. I mean, that's huh. it, he'll be he'll be up for most of the year. Really just not sure what the production's going to look like, but You know, he's he's actually fairly comparable, I think, to Jack Flaherty in a lot of ways, just with the minor league production, maybe looking a a bit better than what we can expect in the big leagues. But he still probably has a spot in a big league rotation long term. Uh, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm just loading up on Braves and now Brewers. I'm going to take Corbin Burns with the Brewers. You know, he. He was just absolutely dominant this year. Uh, you, you could make a case that he was a top-five pitcher in the minors just based on results this year. Has a 105 ERA at high A, then puts a 210 ERA up at double A. Almost got up to a strikeout per inning up at double A. And, man, he's moving fast. I didn't I didn't think he'd move this quickly. I, you know, did they send him to Colorado Springs? Probably. I think that they kind of like – Colorado Springs as a testing ground for their pitching prospects it's not ideal to have that as your AAA affiliate but it is I think it's a, an effective area to kind of weed out who who has it and who doesn't have it I mean Brandon Woodruff went there and he held his own uh I think he was a lot better there than a lot of people thought I think they're going to see if Burns can do the same if he does he'll probably be the next guy up uh might not be till the second half but it. You know, I think he I think he could kind of have a, a Woodruff-esque year in, in 2018, but I think he'll be up quite a bit sooner.
3: Well, I'll reverse course and start emphasizing quality again. Go with Tristan McKenzie, who I'm a little surprised didn't go a little higher, but he did spend this year at, at high A. Of course, that Indians rotation is, is pretty stacked, especially with the emergence of Mike Clevenger. Maybe he doesn't see a whole lot of opportunities but there are injuries i don't think this team you know, as long as he gets off to a decent start at double a i don't think they're going to <clears throat> hold off on bringing him up because of course the the window to win uh championships in this this game shuts pretty quickly so i think they'll you know kind of like the astros dodgers and, and other teams will be okay bringing a guy like this up even if it's only for a handful of starts because they they need a quality guy to plug in there in certain cases maybe spot starts I think he gets an opportunity and if he if he does he pitches well that's a really nice
2: pick uh, yeah I just <clears throat> I was I was a little scared off by the ETA I just I don't know if we see him next year but you're right like we could see him in like June <laughs> he might be ready I'd, it's it's, I mean, just say, be... it's
3: plus there's an injury to Carlos Carrasco of course has a long injury history. Right, maybe one of these young guys takes a step back,
2: and he's so advanced, uh, just in terms of the the command and the development of his secondary pitches that I was I was a little surprised that he he uh, was at high A all year and didn't get that bump up to double A, but obviously there's there's a reason behind everything like that. I mean, the Indians are a smart organization. There's obviously something that they liked about having him working with the the either the high A catchers or the the high A uh, Pitching coach. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of factors at play that determine promotions like that. So he could he could move faster than just where what level he finished this year would would indicate. Uh, I know you're gonna like this one. um We each get two more picks. I'm back on the quantity train, man. Give me the give me the innings. I'm not sure you're what gonna I'm gonna do get. this to me. I'm not sure what I'm gonna gonna get with the innings, but Tyler Mail Reds. Damn it, James. Let's let's see what
3: happens. I was gonna say that this wouldn't be a a, a draft. A clay draft without a red. I may not have a red. Yeah, on my team. who are you gonna take now? This makes me <laughs> sick, sick to my stomach.
2: Um, man, I mean, they they graduated a ton of pitching prospects this year. Uh, male though, he will not graduate. He's coming off a pretty solid outing. Uh, not a guy that's gonna miss a ton of bats. Obviously, so I'm really just hoping that he doesn't sink my ratios because I do think he does spend. If not the entire 2018 season in that big league rotation, the vast majority of it might might get me. He might get. He might lead all the guys we've drafted in innings in the big leagues next year. That wouldn't be all that surprising for me. But like I
3: said, just not sure what I'm going to get with those innings. Yes, yes. Oh man, You took my pick. He he sniped me in the eighth round of a fake draft. But ninth round. Ninth round. How about that? Um, talk about value. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking about dipping into the 2019 ETAs and just rolling the dice, but I'll go Bo Burrows. This is another one where it's just that the, there's seemingly an opening maybe in the second half, 76 in the third innings at A this year, and numbers aren't particularly good, but almost a strikeout per inning. It would be good to see the, the walks come down after averaging nearly four per nine this year. Look, I I'm not going to give anything back in that innings category. All right, so I'm going to take Burroughs, and I think he <laughs> makes you know maybe seven or eight starts. I don't know who who starts regularly for this team, especially if Michael Fulmer misses any time because, woof. I mean, maybe Daniel. I mean, Daniel Norris should slot back in, but really the guys they're trotting out now, I don't think are long for a major league starting job. Right. I mean, I burrows was second next second
2: up on my board i mean that's we're getting to that point and uh yeah he can move quickly he moved quickly this year all the way up to double a wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he was up in the first half next year honestly i mean like you said they just don't have they have guys that are they've just warm bodies that could go in there and eat some innings but they don't have a ton of guys that are are realistically part of their long-term future there so it would make sense to get him up sooner than later uh with my last pick I'm going to hop back toward the quality side of things, I think. Hmm. I think I'm going to... Oh, man. Do I want to do this and just hate this organization when they don't promote them until...
3: Should we put something on the line? So, in this... Yeah, I mean, I think... Because you're going to win, I guess. (laughs) So, maybe I I shouldn't have brought that up. Well, let's let's just put...
2: uh, Let's just put like a It's
3: like a case of beer or something.
2: Yeah, like a pitcher or something like that. Yeah, Let's put a pitcher of beer on it. Good Um, beer. All right. Man, this is a dicey part of this draft. I'm going to take Screw it. I'll I'll take Mitch Keller. Uh, Pirates. Really don't have faith in them bringing him up when I want him to come up, but I mean, like, like I said, I think last week, I think he could be twenty eighteen's Brent Honeywell, where everyone's getting excited. You know, you are going to see Baseball America, MLB. dot com, all the you know the big, big operations putting him in their top thirty, their top forty, or whatever. There's going to be a lot of hype about what he did at AFL because he's easily the best pitcher going there. And then I think you could see him not up until he might not come up until September next year, but. I mean there's definitely, you know, high end number three, maybe low end number two starter upside here, so I'll I'll just roll the dice on the quantity or on the quality.
3: Interesting, interesting. Okay, so Mr. Irrelevant. That seems unfair to these guys. These young kids. Um hmm. Guess I'll go Franklin Kilome. I mean it's it's not a great pick. <laughs> Only 20, you know, less than 30 innings at double A, but another one where it's like, who are these guys going to turn to regularly next year at the back end? I don't think it's going to be Sixto Sanchez. He was the guy I was alluding to earlier when I was thinking about dipping into the 2019 ETAs, just because I believe so much in Sixto. But I'll go with Kilome because I I just feel like he's a guy that they can burn and they're not going to be, you know, be super cautious about. Starting that service time clock soon or anything, they'll, they'll be fine using those bullets when he's deserving. So I, I think he'll be the choice. Yeah, I mean that's not. I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I, I don't. I
2: wouldn't feel good about it either. Uh, the The guys that I had sort of queued up that obviously I knew we weren't going to get to, but just kind of guys that I was considering if we'd gone a little deeper. Uh, Franklin Perez with the Tigers, Cal Quantrill with the Padres. Those are a couple. You know, the high quality guys if they can they can get right and, and show out in the early stages of next season. Uh Freddie Peralta with the Brewers, dominant at double A, might be a reliever, just not sure. But I mean he might get a shot to start next year. Adbert Alzole with the Cubs, he's he's knocking on the door triple A. Fernando Romero with the twins. He's he finished the year injured, as did Alzole. So interesting to see what those injuries are. But he's also pretty close. He's on the forty man. Uh, Tuki Toussaint with the Braves, but obviously, I mean, we we already touched on three Braves, so I, I don't know if 2018 is going to be Toussaint's year. Uh, Jaime Barilla with the Angels, I thought about as a quantity play, just because they're always in need of arms, and he cruised through their system this year. Yohander Mendez with the Rangers, he's obviously knocking on the door. Not sure about the quality there. Jen Ho-Sang, who's making his big league debut tonight with the Cubs.
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him. Yeah, I What mean, are your expectations? I'm going against him in my head-to-head NL only. It's hoping for a flop.
2: Look, he he's moved pretty quickly this year under the radar. I I worry always when guys like this come up that just don't strike that many guys. Out. I mean, well below average K rate. Uh, but he, you know, he doesn't walk guys. Got pretty good command. He's the type of guy that I think, you know, with the books not out on him, he could have some success, especially over a. a two or three start stretch before you know maybe taking some lumps and then trying to figure things out but i you know i think that that made a lot of sense right because they're they're going to be going with mike montgomery as a multi-inning reliever in the postseason might as well get him kind of acclimated to that role now uh they don't have to worry about the brewers or the cardinals catching them i think we can agree on that uh and yeah i mean i might as well see what sang has uh, in advance of 2018
3: yeah, absolutely. also considered James Caprillion, but, you know, oh, he was, of TJ. course, yeah, of course, yeah. he was traded to the Oakland, uh, the Oakland, to Oakland in the Sunny Gray trade. But, yeah, mid-April Tommy John, yeah, he maybe comes back, but even watching him in the fall league last year, I was like, man, this guy's impressive, but that delivery is dangerous, and I just worry so much about a setback in his return.
2: I just think that they would be really playing with fire if they – if they tried to rush him to the big leagues next year, I mean maybe if he's I could see an aggressive assignment, I could see assigning him to like double A or or and then quickly on to triple A, but I I think with an asset like that, you just want him to get back healthy, get forty, fifty innings under his belt, and then twenty nineteen you you take the training wheels off a little bit.
3: So we are to the hip hop portion of the program. Number two albums of all time. We've run our numbers 10 through three down on previous shows, and we're finishing off this season of the Prospect Pod with the final two. For me, this was a tough choice. It was really kind of a coin flip between one and two, but I'll go with two being Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. This album changed my life when I got it as part of a Columbia house, you know, buy one, get 12 free. Uh, I ripped them off like crazy <laughs> as a kid. Uh, don't feel bad about it. I didn't rip them off. I mean, I just you know got the free albums, uh, I made my mom buy a uh, buy the one. You know, after you know after well, the fact, long were, after the fact.
2: Those were like you you bought the one album, but they didn't they charge you like twenty five bucks in like shipping and like it, oh yeah it was a good deal, but it like it ended up being like forty bucks for that one album. Yeah,
3: I I sold my parents on it like totally backhandedly and just lying basically lying (laughs) but this album is fantastic look Wu-Tang Forever is up there too and I kind of made myself choose one from my favorite artists at least you know one group album if it was a group so I went with End of the Wu-Tang and left Wu-Tang Forever off but really from top to bottom this album I think I probably know every word of this album and (laughs) It's just amazing from top down. RZA's production. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and I was listening to Older Gods uh, by Wu-Tang. I think RZA maybe hit his peak in terms of production on Wu-Tang Forever, but the, the these beats are really grimy, really kind of really hard-hitting and just different. Of course, there's the, the kind of martial arts vibe to some of these songs, but it doesn't it's not really the prevailing thing. It's really the unique flows of every individual Wu member combined with the beats. And it just makes for a, a masterful piece of art that I really know will stand the test of time. What do you got? Man, that's, that's a classic.
2: <clears throat> that's a, that's an absolute classic. I really hope most of our listeners, if not all of our listeners have, have listened to this and know what we're talking about. But obviously if you haven't, you got to go check it out. Uh, really great explanation by you on the the beats from riz on this one i mean that's that's on point uh yeah i mean these are all just classic tracks do you have a a favorite song on here or does it i was thinking about that i mean this this is one of those albums to me where like my favorite track just changes with each yeah exactly
3: i was thinking like probably my favorite track when i was younger wouldn't be the same as it is now like i may Mm. have said like Butang Clan ain't nothing to f with, or Method Man, or something, or Cream, which are all great songs. But you know, Bring the Ruckus—the way this album starts off, it's just so good. I, I don't know if I could pick a favorite, but that one's up there. Ghost, Ghost leading it off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean that's and that's a prelude to next week, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, I do know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think when I was a when I was a little kid, I think my favorite might have been Shame on a, and then. You know, maybe right. Method Man too, but I think you know, protect your neck to me is just an all time classic. Uh I that that might be my favorite track on here.
3: Even uh, like Wu Tang's Seventh Chamber. Oh, I mean, which one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Mystery of Chess Boxing. It's really one where I listen to it and I'm like, man, this hasn't this hasn't aged at all. This is still just mm-hmm. as fresh when I hear it and you know how you, know, you listen to music gets you fired up a little bit. This album still gets me pretty fired
2: up yeah uh look i i was not able to squeeze a group wu-tang album into mine um unfortunately i mean that's we all make mistakes enter enter the wu-tang and wu-tang forever would have easily made a a top 15 if we'd we'd gone that deep and you're right yeah absolutely probably a mistake i mean that there had to have been a way that i could have found a way to get it in there but my number two album is via the artist who i think is is the best hip-hop artist of all time and that's notorious big and life after death
3: oh you went life after death nice. the double disc uh which was released if i'm not mistaken like days after his death right right? yeah (coughs) i remember that when i was a kid it was shocking
2: now you know biggie obviously everybody knows uh most of the hits and everything like that you know his uh development as a rapper to me is extremely evident like the improvement he shows as a kind of a lyricist and just with his flow from ready to die to life after death and even you know a lot of the tracks that he features on on the the no way out puff daddy album i mean those are all recorded like weeks before he died um you know just just really showcasing elite skills on the mic up and down this album uh you know first track obviously hypnotized kicking the door classics i love the dough with with jay-z's classic everyone knows more money more problems i think i got a story to tell might be my favorite biggie track of all time and then the second disc is just insane uh you go notorious, notorious thugs is so good. um he slows it down a little bit with like miss you and sky's the limit but i mean those are great tracks i love i mean obviously going back to cali 10 crack commandments but uh nasty boy is one of my one of my favorite biggie tracks i mean that's that's really x-rated but you know that's 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 what it takes sometimes sometimes you just got to bring it uh <laughs> That's I mean Dude, it's just it's a great album. It's such a loaded album. Um I mean and those those tracks don't age at all. I mean you you've yeah. probably you've probably heard Mo Money Mo Problems on it, like a bar in the past like three months. I mean it's mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuff all gets tons of play. Um, some
3: great I mean, obviously great production on here and really kind of a uh, a lot of different types of producers you know different types of beats right premiere on a few beats of course puffy and even a produced track on the album
2: yeah i mean they were i mean this is a very like mid 90s feel to it yeah. you know it's it's very kind of like it's post you know the the illmatic reasonable doubt ready to die but it's like kind of right into that like locks uh you know the the type of vibe that sort of led to guys like DMX and um you know Jay-Z's sort of mid mid career work and and all that stuff I mean just very influential obviously I mean the the lyrics on here though I mean like kicking the door I got a story to tell I mean just insane lyricism going back to Cali obviously I mean I would this this is the this is the best lyricist uh probably the best rapper of all time at at the peak of his power so number number two album of all time for me
3: yeah i mean last week i i picked ready to die and looking back i mean it's it's so close between those two but you made some good points about some of the more well-known tracks on on ready to die i wonder if now if i listen to those albums back to back if i might not like and prefer life after death more and have swapped them out on my top 10 to be honest but i i still stand by ready to die is a great album of course but yeah i mean you make some good su- some good points last week about you know kind of the the mainstream not ruining some of those tracks but damaging them maybe. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's I mean, I, honestly it, and it's it's obviously like
2: it's totally uh personal thing like it's not there's not it's not like that's those songs are any worse than they were when they first came out like but they are to me just because of association i don't don't associate good times with those tracks i associate like me leaving the basement at a party and like smoking a cig while like everyone else is down there chanting the the lyrics to juicy like
3: you're rolling your eyes yeah, yeah
2: i'm just like oh, i'm 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 taking i'm taking 10 I'll,
3: I'll be back yeah you guys take your l's i'm gonna take 10 <laughs> yeah and meanwhile i don't have any like bad memories with a track like hypnotize which was also you know a really mainstream popular song. I have great memories of that. I remember oh, the yeah. video and I remember taping the video. Hell yeah. And watching it all the time.
2: Yeah. Hypnotize the video came out like to me in like the peak of of hip hop videos. You yeah. know, like the He sim-
3: just looked like he was having so much fun. Right. Yeah.
2: I mean that that was that was a great I mean, what a great uh, you know, first single on a track or on a on an album. Yeah, and then absolutely. you go hypnotize Mo Money More Problems as your two singles. I think you're gonna be doing pretty fine in terms of the uh sales of an album yeah what do you think about that was, that like song was everywhere what do you think about the idea to go double disc like is that it's it's a dangerous it was very move.
3: popular at the time it like, is dangerous tupac was doing it all the time and wu-tang forever and not everybody pulled it off like jay-z even as great as he is right. the blueprint too was right. terrible yeah. i remember bone thug who so i liked a lot the Art of the War, art not war was not, not as good as it should have been if it was condensed.
2: Right, but I, I mean, I think, you know, if you wanted to just take all of the, let's say like 60 grade tracks on Life After Death, I still think you're getting up up into like the 16, 17 tracks. Uh, and a lot of those ran pretty long, so I, I definitely get it. Um, I mean, there, there, there are a few tracks, that, you know, towards the end of... Uh, actually, towards the be- you know beginning of the disc one and kind of middle of disc one, that aren't aren't that great. But there's there's more than fifteen high quality songs in here, so I'm, I'm fine with it going double disc.
3: MP to last on a lot of <laughs> uh, questionable double discs, right? That and that, that was a trend.
2: That was the thing. that was coming off of Ghetto D too. Yeah. So every everybody bought MP to last on.
3: Yeah, not everybody can follow up. You know their classic album with a classic album that's a double disc no less so. Yeah. Props to Biggie. Great great artist. Well, number 1's next week. Final prospect pod of the regular season. Again, we'll be checking in occasionally throughout the off season, but final one next week. Talk to you guys then.
1: Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.